2: this is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. And with me, as always, is Alan. Greetings, greetings. And Fred. Happy Hanukkah, folks. Oh, wrong hey. time of year. Yeah, absolutely. It is opening day time of season here, Fred. We are one week away as we record this on Thursday night, March 31st. We are one week away from opening day. Today was supposed Yay. to be opening day. I actually was off work today because I had already put in time off because I thought <laughs> this would be opening day. So I just took it anyway. Um But we are one week away from the Braves kicking off the 2022 season and defending their World Series championship, and I can't be more excited. You know, Alan, it was a long off season going through that lockout. It seemed like we may never get to this date, and now here we are, a week away.
3: Glad to have it. Uh This this is gonna be fun because. We haven't seen anybody repeat as World Series champions in so long, and this team really does have a shot at doing so, so I'm excited to to see what happens what what transpires, and uh, we just gotta get some baseball on the field here yeah can't can't
2: wait the spring training stuff is is fun, even the shortened sample size, like after a couple of games, I'm like okay, let's get get to the real stuff and obviously, on today's podcast, we're gonna do, do some roster breakdowns. Um go through the biggest storylines and give our season predictions, so Fred, don't give anything away, but how excited are you about this twenty twenty two season starting
4: up i this is the most excited i've been since ninety six <laughs> i tell you I tell you what this team has so much potential to do everything. uh they're strong all around the infield. Um, the catching core is solid, if not outstanding uh, this and the pitching is is really really deep. I just, if we do what we can do, everybody in the league is going to have to come, everything in the league has got to come through Atlanta, and it isn't going to be easy for any of them. And if they get to the fifth inning and they're behind, uh, the, the door is shut and they're leaving leaving empty-handed.
2: Yeah, let's hope this season doesn't go quite like 1996, although it would be great to get back to the World Series, but let's at least not lose it like that and then see another team become a dynasty instead of what the Braves should have been. But we're going to leave that (laughs) pessimism in the past, and we are we are excited about this 2022 season. But before we get there, we still do have some decisions to be made as far as the roster construction as spring training rolls on. For the most part, things are pretty much settled right now. Um, I'm going to go through what I kind of have right now for the roster, uh, and then Alan and Fred will give their thoughts as well on what these last couple of spots will be. But I have, if we're going with a six man rotation, and I think the Braves will, and I think they should, I think it'll be Max Freed, Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright, Waskari Noah, and Tucker Davidson. The bullpen. You're going to have Kinley Jansen, Will Smith, AJ Minter, Tyler Matzik, Colin McHugh, Tyler Thornburg. I think Darren O'Day gets on there. If Luke Jackson is healthy, he's on there. And then I think Dylan Lee possibly gets that last spot, but I'll stop there on the pitching side of thing. Uh, Alan, do you have it similar? Do you have it? Uh, do you have anybody else possibly getting a chance on the pitching side?
3: I have it identical on the rotation. The difference I have is on, I've got Spencer Strider in there in in the bullpen, at least to start. I don't know that he stays there past May 1st, but I I think he's shown enough that uh, he probably has earned a spot to start on opening day. As far as Jackson goes, if he doesn't make it opening day if his injury lingers if they decide to hold him back a little bit then i think dylan lee may get his slot Uh, other than that yes i've got the same uh bullpen guys and we'll go ahead and throw in an unfortunate edit and update to that information luke jackson has a tear in his ulnar collateral ligament He almost certainly will be getting Tommy John surgery, but even if not, he'll probably have to start the season on the 60-day disabled list. So all that we said about if Luke Jackson is healthy, mm, afraid he's not.
2: And Fred, you agree with that?
4: Well, yeah. uh, I just uh, just there's a tweet just flipped up here from uh, we talked about this. I'm on board with that. But uh, Dave O'Brien just said that uh, although he'd mentioned Strider as a six starter along with Davidson um, today, that Strider is st- statistically a stronger candidate for opening day than Muller possibly. So uh, they expect him to be in the bullpen. That sort of brings us to me being with Allen in this thing. I, I think that's probably where we end up. Uh, Strider is just so difficult for people to hit. As um, long as he throws strikes, he's difficult to hit. And he's got the swag, and I think I'm with Alan on this uh, for that for the pitching.
2: Yeah, that's the one one spot where I kind of push back uh, on both of you, you know, in our pre podcast. And I would not be upset if Spencer Strider makes this roster on opening day, like Alan said. I think it would only be for the first month of the season. But I just think he has so much you know upside as a frontline starter, but he still has a lot of work to do. I'd like to see him continue to develop that in the minors and then come back up maybe mid season as part of the rotation, maybe he's ready at that point. It all depends on how they use him as well. Right. I mean, starters are going to be limited early in the season. Maybe use him as kind of a piggyback starter, bring him in for two, three inning stints. Um, but uh, like I said, I would not hate the move because I love watching him pitch. Like Fred said, I mean, he is so exciting. Uh, I think especially early in the year, he could just be able to dominate with that fastball. Um, so yeah, I, I think he definitely has a chance. I mean, he's still there. Um, So I definitely think, you know, he could get a spot in the bullpen, not in the rotation for the Braves on the opening day roster. Moving over to the lineup side of things, have Travis Darnot at catcher, Matt Olson, Ozzy Albies, Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, Marcelo Zuna, Adam Duvall, and Eddie Rosario as your starting fielders. With I have Alex Dickerson as the DH right now, you could put him in the field and Ozuna the DH, whichever way you want. To do that, but I just think, you know, you're going to be facing mostly uh, righty, so you're probably going to have his lefty bat in there on the bench. Uh, Manny Pena, Orlando Arcia, Guillermo Heredia, and Phil Goslin, uh, lining out the position
3: players. Alan,
2: you got any different there?
3: I think that was about what I had, uh, realistically. There's not a lot of wiggle room here because the Braves are pretty tight on the 40 man roster. Uh, just about every outfielder that's on the 40, with the exception of Demerit and Waters, are, are going to make the team. Ronald will, you know, start the, the year on the IL probably. As far as the infielders go, Arcia is the only backup currently on the roster, so they're going to have to add a sp- Add Gosselin to a spot, but right now it looks like it's Goslin's to lose, barring a uh, trade that's unexpected. But well, then again, it might be expected. Who knows? Catchers. Yeah. It's, it's Darno and, and Pena. So, uh, I think we're pretty much locked into what we expect on the uh, position player side. Yes.
2: Yeah. Like you said, I don't, I mean, I don't know who else you put on this roster position player wise or who really is, you know, competing there with Brock Holt. You know, taking his release the other day. He's the only one that I thought maybe had a shot. So, uh, Fred, I'll, I'll ask you this. Darren O'Day and Phil Goslin, if they make the roster, they're going to have to find ways to make some room on the 40 man for them, which is full right now. Who do you think is at risk of being taken off the 40 man roster?
4: I think Demerit's at a risk for, for the roster because frankly, uh, Travis has been around for a long time. We've had, the Braves had him. Uh, they traded him. The Tigers released him. They tried him, tried to make him an outfielder out of him. They moved him around. He never hit for them. They released him. We picked him back up. Since then, uh, he's been on the 40-man roster for a while, but uh, I think he's expendable because he doesn't he, – he's never hit the major league level. He looks like a 4A player, maybe not quite a 4A player. So I think DeMeritt's, uh a guy. Uh, then you come down to uh, – who is Sean Newcomb and why is he still on the roster? Uh, Sean Newcomb went out today and got couldn't find home plate. All he had to do was throw strikes, and uh, he couldn't do that. And I, okay, I know it's spring training and uh, this, that, but, boy, throw strikes. Uh, it's spring training, throw strikes, let him hit the ball, get the ball over the plate, and he hadn't done that. Sean is so frustrating. He can be so, so good. And then he's so, so awful that you can't, every time he, he goes to the mound, you, I, I grab a bottle and it, it's, it's not coke. Okay. He just, he scares me to death on the mound. He's, he's as bad as faulty was when faulty would go to the mound. And now that's pretty bad. Uh, so I think he's, uh, he's there. And if, if a third one had to go, then I'm afraid my buddy Tukey's uh, probably next on the list after that because I don't, uh, you know, I love Tukey. I I wish he'd get a chance somewhere, but, and they're, I know they're going to try, they're stretching out. They're going to try to get him to start this year, but boy, if you got to have a third one, I'm, he's the third guy, I think. Man, unless they kick, kick somebody off and do some fancy, um, IL, IL stuff. But for me, uh, Travis Demerrit and Sean and, and then Tukey. Yeah. And we, I know we all talked about that on the pre
2: podcast, Alan. I mean, I think it's, I think it pretty much comes down to Demerit and Newcomb. That's who I would cut right now to make room on the roster. And like Brett said, you know what? I, I hate it for Newcomb, but I just I don't see a spot on the roster for him. And I, I tweeted this out on Thursday as well. Like, I would not be surprised if he just, you know, gets straight up DFA'd, you know, regardless. Um, possibly if they wanted to, they could try to keep him on the roster with the expanded rosters. You know, through April, but I just I don't see a need for him on this team. I think it's Newcomb and Demerit that get cut loose if forty man roster spots are needed.
3: Yeah, even if you carry carry carrying Newcomb through April, he's out of options. So you couldn't even send him to the minors on May second uh, at that point. So, you know, barring some, well, I mean, this is why I mentioned possibility of some sort of an oddball trade here and there because I would bet that Alex Anthopoulos is shopping guys from the 40 man who are at risk right now mm-hmm. uh, just to see if there's a way to maybe turn some of these guys into an A-ball lottery ticket or something like that. Everybody needs pitching uh, of some ilk. And if uh, you can give away a couple of pitchers with that kind of a return, then, it's still worth it so that's why I think there might be some sort of movement in the next couple of days here but uh, it's not going to be for for much return it would be just simply to clear the roster spots
2: yeah no I definitely think that's a possibility as well I mean he's Newcomb still has three years of control you know there's got to be some team out there that wants to take a shot on on him and hope that he can figure it out and, and for his sake I, I mean I've been and we've all kind of been saying for years I think he just He needs that change of scenery. Needs somebody that's going to give him that chance in the rotation that he wants, and it's just it's not going to happen in Atlanta. So, for his sake, you know, I hope he's either traded or, you know, maybe he is DFA'd and another team picks him up and gives him that chance. I just I don't see him making sense on this Braves roster right right now, but we'll see how that shakes out over the weekend and the coming days because, like I said, opening day next Thursday. April the 7th so let's turn the page there uh, and start looking towards the upcoming 2022 season and doing so also with the offseason in mind Alan I think was a great offseason for the Braves but was there anything left undone so two questions here give me your grade on this offseason for the Braves and going into the season what do you wish Alex could have also done, or what What items do you think were left undone?
3: I am hard-pressed not to give some sort of an A grade because the Olsen deal, the Jansen deal, the McHugh deal, and even Kirby Yates. He's not going to be with us to start the season, but, boy, uh, about a all-star game pickup kind of a, a guy once he gets uh, ready to pitch again. Uh, so. Golly this bullpen is stout, and you can't complain about that whatsoever the 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 only complaint the only reason it's not an a plus or i uh, i'm sort of teetering between an a and an a minus here is because of center field um uh, I do dearly wish that we'd gotten somebody to address the uh uh need for a true center fielder but uh, other than that it's it's hard to Quibble about what's been going on there. So yeah, I, I'm I'm very satisfied otherwise with everything that's been going on, and can't wait to see these guys on the field.
4: Yeah, Fred, same to you. Yeah, these actually, Alex did all this in in such a short and compacted time that he said in an interview the other day he never wants to make that many deals that that close together under that kind of pressure again because everything had to work. And it had to be done right away, and you couldn't go back and chew on it, which, you know, for guys like me, I overshop everything. So, you know, that's a that's always a good thing. You buy uh, make the best deal possible. I just don't think there was anybody from Interfield that he liked well enough, knowing that he had to sit on the, the, the players that were going to be traded, needed to, buy, to get Olsen. He had to sit on them. So he couldn't go out and get a a center fielder X or Y from uh, from a team who think he's going to be here for a while enough to spend the resources on that he would want to extend. So the season starts, he's going to be looking around and, you know, he'll do what he does whenever the trade deadline hits last between, I think the 27th and the 1st of August, whenever they the commissioner designates the day this year, because it's a floating deadline. But, I think there's nothing he could have done that he didn't do or try to do. I'm I agree with Alex or with, with uh, Alan that he should have got a center fielder, but it, you can't buy what isn't out there, and and there really wasn't one out there. Uh, the there was not on the market really that we're going to come in at a price that we were going to pay and still have and still have uh, Olson at first base to start the season. You can't argue with what he did, uh, with Jansen. You can't argue with any of the deals he made. Um, he brought in Thornburg, who's looking like an absolute steal. Um, Colin McHugh came here. Yes, that's a deal. Uh, you've got still got Minter and Matzick and Smith and he brings in Jansen and, um, the, uh, it's just the bullpen is just scares people to death. They know they've got to score early and get to the, get to the starters. So I think. Yeah, I'm not sure what else he could have done. I've got to give him an A and maybe an A plus on this because you can't you can't answer a question that doesn't have an answer. I think he did everything that he could possibly have done. Uh, so you know maybe I give him an A plus and maybe I'll eat it later. But that's the way I feel right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't know how you don't give
2: him an A plus. I mean this is an off season in which he said no to the face of your franchise and Freddie Freeman and yet he came out smelling roses at the end of it with Brace fans mostly cheering him for what he did. I mean, the fact that you can do that and still come out, you know, with your fan base loving you, uh, that alone I think was an A-plus effort. But it's because of what he did to follow that up. You know, he, he traded for one of the best first basemen in the game. He locked him up for eight years. He went out and got Eddie Rosario, Colin McHugh, and at that point I was already giving him – an A plus off and then it was the Kinley Jansen move that just put it even more over the top for me. That that came out of nowhere, and you just threw sixteen million dollars at one of the best closers in the game. So, yeah, I don't know how how you don't give them an A plus off with all with everything involved there. However, so I, 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 I guess I'm ahead. the
3: Russian. I guess I'm the Russian judge who score yeah, cool you throw yeah. out.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, you're you're the one that's always got to be be difficult on him, just giving him an A, right? That, that sounds <laughs> okay, terrible. Okay,
3: we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, but again, like you both said, I mean, there's always more you could do. I wish you could have got a center fielder, even if it was Kevin Pillar. I mean, I think both of you are more so referring to, you know, an everyday center fielder. But I would have liked to see them bring in somebody like that on a minor league deal, like the Dodgers ended up getting. Kevin Pilar on you know finding somebody like that you know that I hate to say it even bringing back Ender you know somebody that can come in late game as a defensive replacement because the one thing that really does worry me about this this team right now especially till Acuna is backing up to speed is this outfield defense could be a little rough so I, I wish he could have done that even just making a small move for center field you know I wish he could have made a a move for another veteran starter but you know these young guys at least in spring training are proving that you know they could hold it down for right now and i think those veteran leavers if you needed to trade for one of them during the season wouldn't cost you much and you could you could do that at that point if needed to but all the young starters the Braves have and how they've been performing um, may have made that decision for him uh, to just hold on with what he has for now, so yeah, a great off season for Alex Anthopoulos again, uh, just with the way he navigated the Freddie Freeman situation alone, I thought was just uh amazing, uh, and coming out, you know, maybe even in a better situation for the franchise going forward uh, by trading for Matt Olson and freeing up the money to make other moves for this season as well. All right. So what are the biggest storylines for the Braves going into 2022? Alan, what are you most excited to watch unfold throughout the 2022 season?
3: I just hope they all stay healthy. Uh, cause right now I think this lineup top to bottom one through nine has 25 home run plus potential every single slot in it. Uh, you don't have anybody to pitch around. You don't have anywhere to go for an out. Uh, if you want to walk Olsen and maybe walk Riley, well, Ozuna is going to be right there. If you want to uh, go down to the bottom of the order, then you've still got Dansby there. You've still got uh, Darno. You've still got guys who can uh, mash the ball, uh, even at the bottom of the lineup. So I think this team is certainly capable of about a 300 home run season I do think Matt Olson is going to really go off on Truist Park. Uh he's he's was he hit 39 homers last year, most more of those on the road than at home, but at uh you know, cavernous Oakland Alameda County Coliseum, you got uh problems hitting home runs. That's not going to be the case at Truist Park. And if everybody can stay healthy, this team is going to put a lot of runs on the board.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a, a lot of fun to watch for sure. Like I said, just hope everybody can stay healthy because uh, it will be a really fun lineup to watch. Fred, what is one storyline this season for the Braves that you are most excited to see unfold?
4: Well, I, there's actually, the, the one I want to see come true is I want I want Dansby to step up a year. I want him to have a year year. Uh, because that's where he's at right now. I still think I, I think we ought to extend him. I wrote that the other day and laid out exactly why. But I want Dansby to step forward. This is his time to step up and say, "I'm the old man here, and let's go get these guys." I uh, I I really I really want him to do that. I want the rest of him. I want Ozzie to stay um, to find it to be the 2019 Ozzie again. But the middle of the infield is where everything's going to happen. Uh, Those two guys, the heartbeat and and the backbone, if you will, of the club. And then when Ronnie comes back, I want him to be Ronnie. I want him to be the guy that was scaring the league to death every time he walked the plate like he was last year before the injury, like he was in 2019. But the, the, the middle infield of Albies and Swanson, those two guys... Are where the whole thing pivots around. The power on the corners is going to be there. Riley's going to hit thirty. Olson's going to hit thirty. I expect Ozuna to come in twenty-five or so. Duvall's going to hit his. Rosario's going to, going to hit a couple of dozen. Uh, we got to, we've got the pitching to do it, but it all it's all about cohesion and leadership and keeping the gang going in one direction. And for me, this year, that's Dansby's job.
2: Yeah, you both uh, kind of said something that made my mind go to to Dansby. And, I, you know, just quickly jotting down a lineup here, went fully healthy, and I think you could bat Dansby anywhere seven through nine. But I just thought about the possibility of him batting nine and getting on base ahead of Acuna, Olsen, <laughs> Riley, you know, Rosario, yeah. Azuna, Ozzy. you know, what that could do for him in, in his season. I think that could be very big for him if you decide to put him in that nine spot in the order. You know, I think he'll, I think the lineup will get shuffled a lot, but I was just thinking about that possibility because I'm, I'm in that same boat, Fred. I, I think this is a big year for Dansby. I'm, I'm hoping for big things for him. I'm also kind of expecting big things for him in his walk year. Um, but with this lineup that he has around him, I think you could put him in a situation where he could really succeed. This season, so I wrote an article the other day. So I'll give a shameless plug on my five biggest storylines for the upcoming season. I'll give you my top two here. Number two was Ronald Acuna Jr. and you know Fred touched on this. I just want to see him stay healthy, and I want to see if he is the guy, like Fred said, that we saw last year. That I think would have easily won the NL MVP if he stayed healthy all year. You know how quickly does he get back to that level of play? How? aggressive are the Braves with putting him out there uh you know we they talked about putting him at DH for a while and then letting him start in the field and, and may at some point you know does he get more days off here and there to begin the season um but more than anything I just can't wait to watch him play I mean I think he's one of the best if not the best players in all of baseball he's certainly one of the most exciting so that's certainly something that I can't wait to watch this year's. Every time Ron Acuna Jr. takes the field, you know, everybody should be glued in to that. And then my top storyline was, can the Atlanta Braves repeat? We started off the episode kind of talking about that. You know, Alan mentioning it hasn't been done in a long time. Hasn't been done at all since the 2000s, uh, early 2000s, when the Yankees won three in a row from 1998 to 2000. And then it hasn't been done in the National League since the Reds did it in the 70s. So... You know, the Raves have an opportunity to do something hasn't been done in a long time, and they have the team to do it, as we've all kind of mentioned at some point in the episode. So that, I think, is the biggest storyline. It has to be you're coming off a World Series championship. How do you follow that up? Do you come back out and give it another run at it, or uh, do you flop? Do you fade? Do you have some fatigue? You know, what does that look like? It's so hard to win and to repeat in major league baseball how did the Braves do that this season how do they get it done all right let's move into some season predictions and alan i'll go to you first what are your predictions for the Braves this year? Um, give me maybe one player prediction and give me your win total for the Braves.
3: Let me start with the win total because i got to think about the player projection in a second. I do believe that the Braves are going to have some lumps taken in the NL East if everybody stays healthy in the NL East. Uh, although even as I say that, there's this uh, note that... Uh, uh, Jacob DeGrom's getting, uh, scratched for tomorrow as, with a tight, uh, right shoulder. So who knows what's going to happen over there with the Mets. Um, I think the Braves will still be a 92, 90, win, 93 win team. I think they finished first in the division. Uh, second and third place will be a dogfight between the Phillies and the Mets. Miami, uh, a little distance behind and then Washington in the basement because they just, don't have anybody except Juan Soto, and everybody's gonna walk him. He's probably gonna get 200 walks this year. As far as a player prediction, I think Matt is gonna get 40 homers. Uh, I mentioned a minute ago that uh, he's gonna uh, probably go off in Truist Park. I think he's gonna have a lot of fun in some of these uh, smaller National League parks anyhow. And uh, Truist Park is considerably better uh, venue for for taking the ball out than, than Oakland stadium. So I think, uh, his 39 total from last year will be eclipsed and the Braves should be able to reap those benefits.
2: Yeah. I like that one. I mentioned that somewhere the other day where I'm talking baseball that I think, uh, Matt Olson gets over 40. So now I'm not so sure about that prediction now that Alan oh, said, thanks. Too, but, thanks. uh, <laughs> uh Fred, uh, give me year one bold prediction, player prediction for the Braves, and where you think they finish in the NLs, and what their win total will be.
4: I think Ozzy hits 30 this year. I, I think I think we could have a, a have an infield if you count the catcher that hits 155 home runs without looking at Ozuna and Duvall and Rosario. I, that's that's a scary, scary bunch of people if Ozzy actually hits like he can. Uh, the, the two corners are going to give us 75, 80 of those, 85 maybe. Um, Danby's going to hit a couple dozen, maybe 20. And, and if Ozzy hits his 30, uh, then all the catchers have got to do supplies. So uh, the 20 or so uh, will walk away with all kinds of things. The Braves are going to, I, I'm going to give them 93 wins. Um, I think that 93 wins is really optimistic for a league where you have, uh, the, the Mets who have stuffed in, the pitching staff, even though I, I saw the Degrom scratch, I, I don't know how Scherzer's going to hold up for him, honestly, because he's he's getting up in the up in the ears. I said as I'm twice his age, but never mind. Um, I think I think that that's the 93 wins is realistic, um, and you know I I suspect the the Mets and the Phillies uh, are going to be right in there in at 90. And don't sleep on the Marlins. Look. That Marlins pitching staff is just plain nasty. If you look at look at those, they all throw a hundred. They've all got a heavy heavy breaking ball. Um, and if they start scoring runs, they're they're going to be tough all year long. Nobody's going go go to go into go go Marlins Park and say, yeah, let's walk in the park because they're going to get stomped on when they do. The Marlins are going to be tough. They're going to make it hard for everybody. Uh, the, we could have 1,400 five hundred in this in this division. And um, so it's going to be rough, but I, I think Oz is going to hit, 30, hit me 30, and I think the Braves are going to win 93 and, and go back to the postseason, which is uh, another lottery. But if we get there, we got a chance.
2: Yeah. Look, I looked at the Bakota projections the other day. They were the only, in at least the only division where every team was projected to win 70 or more games. So it's going to be a difficult division. I still think the Braves will have to win more than 88 games like they did. Last year, I have them at 92 wins. Um, and again, I think that could be enough to, to win the division. I do think it comes down to them and the Mets. Look, I hate to admit it, but I, I love the moves the Mets made this past offseason. You know, just adding a ton of really solid players in that lineup with Marte and Marcana and Eduardo Escobar. I mean, that lineup is very deep combined with what they already had. Obviously, Degrom and Scherzer. I mean, it's going to be very important that those two stay healthy. If just even one of them goes down, I feel like that rotation kind of falls apart a little bit. I know they got Chris Bassett as well, but I feel like a lot of their success, more so in the play, if they get to the postseason, will depend on those two being healthy and and being you know the Cy Young type pitchers that they are. But I got the Braves winning the division, 92-94 to 94 wins. I got the Mets finishing second but getting in the postseason. And then the Phillies and Marlins, I think they're going to battle it out for third. And, again, I said this on a podcast I was on the other day. I think, unfortunately, I think one of them could end up being good enough to be a postseason team. But I'm afraid because of the division they play in, the, the division is just going to beat beat each other up so much that one of them might miss out on a wild card spot just because of the competition they have to play, which is why we have to go to balance scheduling. But that is for another uh, topic, another podcast. But I I do think there will be four very good teams in this division. Somebody has to lose, and I believe it will be the Nationals. But, yeah, like Fred said, that Marlins team, I, I feel like they've been giving the Braves fits for years. Even when the Braves have beat them, I feel like it's they've had to scratch and claw for those wins, like you said, now if they are able to get some runs, if their young, you know, hitters ever start producing, uh, they're going to be a very scary team to watch. I think, like I said, I think you could have potentially three playoff teams come from this division. It just all depends on how bad, how badly they beat up on each other, and can they take advantage when playing other divisions? But again, I think the Braves have had the team on roster. They've done it four years in a row. Uh, so I think they get it done. As far as a bold prediction, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Max Fried wins the Cy Young. And maybe that's not too bold because I think he's certainly the candidate, but I think he's going to have a, a mid two to low two ERA. Uh, if he makes 30, 32 starts, uh, I think he, I think he could win the Cy Young. It may take, it may take a DeGrom getting injured and missing some starts, but, uh, cause if DeGrom's healthy all year, I mean, I just don't see, Anybody taking that away from him, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and say that Max Freed has his best season yet, that he wins the Cy Young, and then the Braves are gonna wish they had extended him or, <laughs> or bought out, uh, the rest of his ARB years, but, um, that will be, that'll be my bold prediction. Um, now overall predictions, Alan, what do you see division by division, and who do you have in the World Series?
3: Let's go NL Central here, which is the worst division of the National League, pretty much uh, obviously. I don't see anybody really running away with it. I think it's going to come between Milwaukee and St. Louis and probably Milwaukee. I would like to see them not run away with that because I think uh, a lot of the uh, NL East is going to have to beat up on the Central to, to get some of their wins. So I I think Milwaukee take uh, over St. Louis. The Cubs may be third, probably third. And Cincinnati and Pittsburgh aren't going to win very many games, unfortunately. In the West, the Dodgers will probably prevail. I can't see the Giants repeating what they did last year. 107 wins was just crazy out of that uh, team. I still don't know how they did it. But they're going to fall back. The Padres and the Giants and then Padres and Giants would probably fight it out for second place some distance behind the Dodgers. Colorado fourth, Arizona well back in the basement. Uh, Coming out of the National League in terms of playoffs, I gotta say the Dodgers and Braves are probably gonna meet in the NLCS yet again. Uh, Right now, I, I don't see the Dodgers being the invincible a force that a lot of people seem to be putting on to them right now because I'm concerned about their bullpen. I'm concerned about the health of their starting pitching. If uh and and the Braves certainly know that they can beat those guys as well. But when I hear a depth of Blake Trinan and uh Daniel Hudson and that's about it for their bullpen, then I'm real worried about how they're going to hold up. So I I don't think the Dodgers pitching is going to be nearly as good as before, and that's why I think the Braves should prevail and uh, knock, knock those guys out and go back to the World Series. Another quick update. Obviously, those comments were made before Craig Kimbrell became a Dodger. I still like the Braves over the Dodgers. It got closer, but we'll have to see how their bullpen actually performs in real life. American League. Let me save the East for later because that's going to be a dogfight. Going out West, I think Houston is looking pretty good again, not because they've gotten better, but because everybody else is sort of taking a step back except Seattle. I think it's Houston and Seattle 1-2 in some order. Uh, probably the, the Mariners just slightly behind Houston. Uh, the Angels third Uh, I'm sorry, Texas third because of the moves they made, except that they don't have any pitching, really. But then neither does the Angels behind Otani. So Texas and the Angels third and fourth in some order, and Oakland well back, especially when they sell off the rest of their assets at the trade deadline. American League Central, the White Sox and the White Sox and the White Sox. Minnesota (laughs) is probably a distant second, and Detroit could be a surprise third or second, depending on how their youngsters uh, perform. Beyond that, uh, Kansas City and then Cleveland. It, it's hard to, to handicap those guys, but uh, they just don't have a lot of firepower overall. The American League East, everybodys uh, a lot of people are calling that the best division in baseball. I think they're probably neck and neck with the NL East. But right now I think it's Toronto's to lose. Boston and New York some distance behind, uh, along with the Tampa Bay Rays. I can't even I, I just throw a blanket over Tampa, Boston, and New York for second and third and fourth. But I think uh Toronto's gonna walk away with it, especially since they're gonna have a um well there's two factors for the the Blue Jays. Number one, the fact that uh they are gonna be in one place all year. They won't have three different stadiums. Second is that uh, they may end up with a built-in uh, advantage of not having opposing players be able to play if they're not vaccinated. Uh, not a lot enough people are talking about that uh, problem right now, and I think that uh, the Blue Jays are going to take that and probably parlay that into at least five extra wins if that uh, continues. Baltimore. I'm so sorry about Baltimore. They won 52 games last year. That's probably about right for this year. Maybe 60 if they're lucky. American league winners. I think I like the Blue Jays. So I'm looking at the Blue Jays and Braves in the World Series right now on paper. I still like the Braves.
2: All right. So Alan's got them going back to back. Fred, what do you got?
4: Well, uh, I've already said up uh, the Braves are going to win the East, uh, Mets going to be right behind us in the in the one two thing. Uh the the Central Division boy uh which one of the teams is going to run into the most injuries, the Cardinals or the Brewers? Right now, um I like the Brewers manager a lot better than like any of the other managers in the in the Central just because what he's done over the past few years, he's he's one of the finest managers in the game. So, I'm going to give the Brewers the Central and probably the Cardinals behind him, and everybody else going, "Hey, what are we playing here for out west, I wrote some for some place else answering a question about why were what what did Davy Roberts do wrong when he said he was going to win the World Series and I said, well, uh you know Mer- 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 one of the same things that Alan said after you say walker- Mueller and Urius, uh what do you see besides?" A very old Clayton Kershaw, a guy named Andrew Haney, and some guy, I don't even remember his name right now. And so the starting depth is not there. Uh, they're going to have Trevor Bauer hanging over their heads all year long. Uh, he's going to he's going to come back at some point. The, the commissioner is going to make some kind of decision. It's not going to please Mr. Bauer. There's going to be a court fight. All that turmoil is going to spin around L.A., Um, Roberts will do his best to keep it down. Freddie Freeman will be out there trying to hold them all together. It's a gang. This isn't about us. It's about him. And, and they'll do pretty well with that, but there's still going to be that hanging over the team. And if he comes back and the Dodgers do not release him, and we had this discussion offline the other day about whether they'll release him or not. I don't think they want him back in the system, no matter whether he's innocent or not guilty, or they didn't have enough to charge him, whatever the case is, I don't think they want him back. Um, but if he comes back, they're going to have to use him at some point. I don't know what good he's going to be after setting out a full season plus. Uh, so there, there's all sorts of questions. of the the bullpen is is trying and, uh, You've left off Bruce Dorr Gratterall, who throws a gazillion miles an hour with a heavy slider. True, but can't 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 stay healthy a lot uh, throwing that hard. Um, I'm you know I think the Dodgers will win it, but I don't think they're going to run away with it because I. I I have a sneaking hunch the Padres are going to be tougher than everybody thinks they're going to be this year. Um, And and I I agree, the Giants don't even know how they did it last year. They're just happy they did. Longoria's having surgery on a finger already because he tore a ligament in one of his fingers. Um, I just, I think the Dodgers win it, but I don't think it's a a, a cakewalk. And uh, I think it's going to be rough out there in the playoffs the playoffs are a, a lottery uh, I don't even watch basketball and I know that we had a number 15 seed get through to the final 4 if that can ha- that can happen in any kind of playoff like this but I think I think the uh uh Dodgers um Dodgers uh Braves uh, playoff system is uh, is going going to make it to the playoffs and uh, get into the get into the World Series from the National League the Braves are going to win the get the World Series again from the National League um, I like the Blue Jays an awful lot. Uh, I, I I can never count the Rays out because nobody knows exactly what they're doing down there. I I think mm-hmm. they've got like some they're, witch they're doctors. They're winning. That's what they're doing. Yeah. besides winning, I I I just you know they're the only team for whom this works, and that's because they have these people. They they use these people to do exactly what they can do and never let them do any more. Never ask them to do any more, and that's why when they leave and they have to do more, they don't pitch to so well, play so well. But uh, aside, from, you know, like Will and plays like that. But this, but I think the Rays are so tough that you just can't write them off. But Toronto is so strong. Uh, they added Chapman, for Hernandez is an absolute beast. They've got Bo Bichette back. They've got Vladdy at first. They've got a good, strong catching core. They've got pitching. I think. I think Toronto wins the East. And like, like I think I'm going to lean towards the Rays in second, just because I I think it's bad luck not to pick them. I, I,
3: don't, <laughs> I, I don't know.
4: I don't know. Uh, in the Central Division. I, I, the White Sox are going to win that, I think, because everybody else is um, taking a hiatus. The Twins want to win. Uh, they think, but they're not sure. Uh, You know, I think Kansas City is going to be better than most people think this year. I don't think they're good enough to win, but I think they're going to give the other two teams fits. Uh, The West is is Houston and Seattle and everybody else watches. Um, Texas is going to score some runs, but they can't pitch. Uh, The Angels are going to score some runs, but they don't pitch much, so... Again, it's not much of a much of a question about which one of those guys is going to do it. I think it's going to be Houston and Seattle at the at the final bell, and um, uh, I'm going to come back on the side of Justin Verlander and Houston, uh, just because Justin Verlander and Houston, Uh, and I I do think that the um, the World Series is going to go through Toronto, and. It's going to be Toronto and the Braves. Everybody on the West Coast is going to cry and scream and moan and, and ask for basketball season to start. But that's that's what I sort of see happening, and uh, I I think it's going to be a lot of fun because uh, we haven't played Toronto for a long time in a World Series, and we need to get some. We need to get our own back on them. But I love that Toronto team nearly as much as Alan does, and I think that it's going to be a fun World Series for us to win with uh, maybe uh, Max Fried on the on the mound for the winning game again this year.
2: I like that. A lot of Blue Jays and Braves. Uh, Alan, was there something you wanted to add?
3: Yeah, there's an interesting little wild card thing I saw, uh, on today on the Athletic, and it's, it may be a factor in some of these cases, particularly when, uh, Petco Park in San Diego is one of the possible beneficiaries. Uh, Eno Serres, uh, of the Athletic was writing about the fact that Every single ballpark this year is going to have a humidor. Last year, it was just selected uh, parks, about 15 of them or so, or maybe a dozen, something like that. But now it's going to essentially balance the the field in terms of the baseballs. That's a good thing. But it does mean that some ballparks with uh, more humidity or maybe closer to sea level may find that uh, their balls are flying a little further than usual. And the conclusion of this article suggested that, uh, like I say, Petco Park might be the biggest beneficiary, uh, suggesting a possible increase in homers of 13% even. Oracle Park, San Fran, 10%. Oakland Coliseum, uh, nobody cares. Nobody's going to be hitting the ball there anyway. Progressive Field in Cleveland and Angels Stadium in Anaheim are the next uh, two on the list. Truist Park should be about neutral probably, but uh, I think if that, prediction comes to pass then that may give uh san diego a little more bolstering in the west uh, of the national league so take that for what it's worth but uh that that's a little news that i i thought was worth uh bringing up the fact that we're gonna have humidors everywhere this year humidors humidors Uh, yeah not humidifiers sorry (laughs) humidors
2: Um. Yeah, that is an interesting note. Maybe that might change my predictions here a little bit. And I'm going to have to change something because I've seen way too many people saying Blue Jays and Braves in the postseason that now I'm afraid it won't happen. But I hope it does because that would be a ton of fun, like I said, if the Braves can get that revenge like Fred talked about. But uh, I already said Braves in the East as well. I think the Brewers are clearly the team in the NL Central. Maybe the Cardinals give them a run there, but I think it's the Brewers' division to lose AL West because of what Alan just said, I'm going to say the Padres win the division. Um, why not? Let's be a little little different there. Um, it's probably the Dodgers, but I'm trying to will it into existence. Uh, so I'll go I'll go Padres just for the sake of being different. In the AL, I do think it's the Blue Jays. I love that team uh, as well in the AL East. And then yeah, like you said, the Rays will be second. They'll get into the postseason as they do, and then they'll probably lose in the first round like they always typically do as well. Um In the AL Central, yes, it's the White Sox. Uh That's their division to lose, just like in the other Central division. I think that, that division is pretty much already wrapped up. Uh But even more so, I think the White Sox have a pretty clear path to winning that division. In the AL West, I'm going to go with the Mariners. I think there's a change of the guard in the AL West, and I think it's going to be the Mariners division here for at least a couple of more years. Again, me just kind of hoping, I'm going to say that the Angels uh, come in second and that they make a wild card spot, but, again, that's just wishful thinking at this point. Um If I'm being honest, I, I like and Braves as well in the World Series, but to be different, I'll say the White Sox and Padres. Um, let's go with that as my official prediction, because, like I said, too many people have been saying the same thing, so that you know that's not going to happen. so mm. I'll go white sox and uh I'll go white <laughs> Sox and Padres. But, yes. yes yeah and i'll I'll take the White Sox because uh I live in Birmingham, the barons are here, they're a double a affiliate for the white sox, so I, I would definitely be okay with that. but should be a a very fun season, nonetheless, I cannot wait for it to get started. I got my ticket for opening day for the Braves somehow, uh, paid a lot more than I really wanted to or am used to for opening day, but can't wait to be there with all of you watching the season get kicked off. Should be a lot of fun. Um So before we get out of here, as always, Fred, there anything else that you want to mention?
4: I I just, I'm going to be in Arlington for the three games. The are going to play there at the end of next month, which Tomorrow, the the 28th, 29th, 30th of April, I'm going to go through all three games there, provided the wife gives me a hall pass, Mm -hmm. and I'm looking forward to that, and if you're going to be in Arlington, let me know, and we'll uh, get together, and you can buy me a beer.
3: Yeah, sounds good.
2: Uh, Alan, anything else you wanted to mention before we get out?
3: I'm still now trying to figure out how many times I said humidifier instead of humidor. Yeah. <laughs>
2: You're our editor, so you take care of that. No, You'll have, have to take your shoes that. off to count that high. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, uh, being in in the vicinity of the affiliate of the Angels, the Rocket City Trash Band is here in the same A Southern League, I have uh, decided that that has no influence whatsoever on my picks. <laughs> <laughs> season <laughs> but uh no i'm i'm looking forward to this this is good let's, let's wrap spring training up let's get the roster fixed let's uh get the last minute trades and deals and roster spots and transactions done let's get to atlanta and get some baseball going
2: yeah absolutely cannot wait um again i uh, can't wait to be there for opening day should be a fun season as the rays try to repeat as world series champions and of course We'll be here every week bringing you a podcast. We also have plenty of articles going up on tomahawktake.com if you want to go there and check out our work as well. But that will do it for this episode of the Tomahawk Take podcast, and we will talk to you next week.
3: This has been the 2022 season preview edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast, which is a production of tomahawktake.com and Fan LLC, celebrating their 15th anniversary. It's a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants, as Minute Media is still most likely unaware of anything we're doing. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org/licenses/by/4.0. This was a piece by Kevin MacLeod entitled porch swing days which was modified to fit in the available space his works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io all other musical selections used come via rights already purchased by TomhawkTake.com. thanks for tuning in to the podcast today and may your autographed baseball stay in the humidor along with your favorite cigars see you next week